Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. listening to PHLY Flyers. That's right, PHLY. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Joining me today is not only Philadelphia's number one beat reporter, Charlie O'Connor, but the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle, is with us as well, representing Broad Street Hockey. How are we all doing with this uh, playoff-bound team now? You're going all in on this? Is that your plan? Charlie, Thanksgiving is, in, <laughs> Thanksgiving is in two days. American Thanksgiving. I'm sorry to our Canadian listeners out there. American Thanksgiving is in two days. They're in a playoff spot. Yeah. 77 or so percent of the time you make the playoffs when you're in a playoff spot on Thanksgiving. Yep. What? I'm just playing the numbers here. This should be your thing. Bill, are you? You're the stat nerd. Are you playing the numbers or are you going against your always philosophy of everything is 50 50 you do it or you don't damn it that's a good point um (laughs) got your ass with that one anyway (laughs) anyway (laughs) fuck (laughs) gotcha there completely thrown off uh so something i noticed about how and like listen i don't know how else to react to this team other than I guess they're good going to the playoffs. I'm all in, uh, but uh, just very funny, like dichotomy. I don't know. Uh, I'm listening to like 32 thoughts, the Jeff Marrick show, national shows over the past couple of days. They joke a lot about the rebuilds over. And like Marrick had Todd Fedorik on the other day. And his thing was like, we're good, but we're young. It's still a rebuild. We're getting the same messaging from the coach. And uh, like, then I chat with Pete Blackburn. We're trying Ooh. to we're well, we're trying to set up a weekly thing with the uh, what chaos guys. It's a really good our national hockey show, and he's just like mentioning to me the winning streak, the Flyers mojo right now. This is like a national thing that the Flyers are so far ahead of schedule on their rebuild. And then I look locally, and like it's Mailbag Tuesday on it's Mailbag Monday on Tuesday, and. Most of the questions are about like selling assets a couple of months from now. Yep. So like hyper localized, it's we're listening to the coach, we're listening to what the organization is telling us, and it's like, yeah, it's still a rebuild. And nationally, it's like, yo, the Flyers, how much fun! And it is cool because I've heard a lot of, well, the league's better when the Flyers yeah. are good. Yeah. Freeman, and like, Freeman said, this that. is one of our like. The Eagles are becoming a national team. They have recently because Jalen Hurts, all the Alabama guys, all the Georgia guys. Now the Kelsey's the biggest star in the world. But like the Cowboys are that team. Like Notre Dame, like the Lakers, the national brand teams, the Red Sox. The league is oh, the league's better when they're good. 
the Flyers actually are that team in hockey. They're one of them. And they're one of like four no, or five. no. There's not just yeah. one. They're, yeah. not, they're not the Canadians no. or the Leafs. Well, but. yeah, but those like that doesn't matter in America. They're close like, to like the Rangers. I would no, say the Rangers are definitely sure. yeah. one of those teams. The big market teams, yeah. but it's more than market size because like Philadelphia has like no one says oh well baseball is just better when the Phillies are good. <laughs> like no, it's cool now because we have Bryce Harper. Yeah. But like uh, it, it's just cool to have that. But just looking at it. Where are we, the three of us? Is it right now is the story that this team could go to the playoffs or is it still step back, big picture, it's a rebuild? Like, why, where are you mentally? Why can't it be both? Why not both? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, like, I, I've been thinking about it a lot and, and I don't understand why so many fans have just decided that the team being good now automatically means that the rebuild is either canceled <laughs> or not going to work. Like, those are the only two outcomes of the team playing well now. And that just seems like nonsense to me because you said yesterday exactly what I've been thinking. That if the Flyers have an excellent middle six, if this is a team of excellent middle sixers, which is what they seem to be, then you get a first line, which we theoretically have coming, and all of a sudden you've got a good hockey team. Like, I don't understand why finding out that the players that we have might be better than we thought is negative. It's very weird to me. I, I agree with that. Yeah. And I think too, like it might even be, and again, 18 games in, we'll see how this plays out over the course of a full season, but we may be underselling some of, not all of, but some of the guys to say that we just have a team of excellent middle sixers. Like I think Travis Konechny is a first line caliber. At this player. point, yeah, yeah. you have to believe. Yeah, I, I, like, yeah. I think he is. Which fits I, I, perfectly. Yeah. I, Mitchkov, Gauthier, Konechny. There we Boom, go. First line solved. I think guys like Owen Tippett and Joel Farabee could be maybe not first liners, but top sixers. Mm -hmm. Like, they are not guys you necessarily want in your top line every night, but they are on one of your two top lines. Maybe neither of them are quite there yet, but you're watching them and you're saying they could be. Like, they could be that second tier down along with someone like Konechny, who very clearly is, along with someone like Sanheim, who, if this is him, if this is who he is, that's who he is. If this is who he is, Travis Sanheim is probably a damn good number two. Like, he's not your alpha Victor Hedman type. He's never going to be that. But instead of me saying, I think he's a great three, if this is Travis Sanheim, I think he's a great two. And then you need fewer pieces above him. You still need pieces above him. That's the thing. You still need pieces above yeah. Travis Konechny. No one's denying Because that. if Travis Konechny yeah. is your best player, you're not winning a championship. No, they yeah. need Gauthier and and we talked about right. like they badly yeah. need these dudes to hit. But you need fewer. Yeah. You, you only maybe need three or four guys that are better than Travis Konechny rather than seven Six. or eight. Yeah. yeah, which is the problem. And I think this goes back to the difference between because you mentioned about how the national shows are saying you know cancel the rebuild the flyers are here and, then and they're saying it tongue-in-cheek yeah but but they but are they that's the thing and the way i think like why not both is because people think or at least people are expressing to what i've seen like the theme in some of our uh, mailbag questions is you either buy or sell and we've talked about like they're not going to buy, probably. I mean, it's the fucking Flyers. Yeah. Like, who knows? But <laughs> you can just say, we're going to give these dudes a chance as is. Yeah. And you don't sell necessarily. And, like, trading Mark Stahl, who they've been winning without, is not selling. Exactly. Like, that's not exactly. that's not throwing up the, you know, yeah. the, the, the movie poster for Slapshot, the big for sale sign, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, it's... That's not necessarily selling. You can just stand pat and go, we're going to see if these guys yeah. can do it. But ultimately, no, we're not giving up assets to get, you know, a, another defenseman to play with Sanheim to see if we can lose in seven instead of four and, in the first round. And I truly do think that even if this continues, I truly do believe that buying is off the table. I do not think they are going no. to buy. I mean, I, I, I cannot imagine unless like only scenario I can see that happening is as we talked about, I think, last week, about that time when the Flyers were going on their run, all the goalies got hurt, and Hexel was like, I got to get them something because they deserve well, it. Well, we have to play with a goalie. Exactly. Like, <laughs> when you're on your seventh goalie, yeah. it's like, no, I had to make a trade because, like, 
I don't want to play with an empty net yes. tonight. Yes. Uh, we can't go e-bug for two weeks. Yes. But beyond that, I do not think there's a that scenario. That would be fun, wouldn't it? That would be pretty funny. <laughs> I don't think there's a scenario where they buy. I think really what this comes down to is whether you stand pat and maybe you sell a stall or whatever because he just doesn't really fit anyway. So see if somebody else wants him and see if you can get a fifth-round pick back for him versus you sell someone like Sean Walker who is very that's selling. Is very yeah, clearly at this point. Exactly. Yeah. Like, he is very clearly a key piece of whatever this is. And if you sell him, you are saying, we don't care. We just want the assets. Maybe that's a smart move. And I do think going back to what I was saying about the distinction between the national guys and the local people is that, look, national people, when they say the league is better when the Flyers are relevant, they're looking at this from a general interest. It's cool when the Flyers are good. They're not looking at it from perspective of it's better when the Flyers are great. Yeah. They just want the Flyers being like a team that Relevant is worth is discussing. Yeah. Relevant. Re yeah. Whereas Flyers fans, Flyers fans want this team to be great. And they are so sick of the team topping out at being good that they are that it's not it's not exciting to them that the team could be good. Yeah. What they want is the team to be great because they're sick of the team. To we be went good. through good with yes. Drew and Voracek, and it was nice to have those first round losses. We got a few extra games in, got to you know sit in the press box for playoff games. That's nice check on yeah. my on my career to do Ooh. list. But ultimately, like, uh, who cares? And that's it. And just like we went through this with the Sixers uh, when they were in the process and just straight up losing on purpose. The league stepped in because, hey, one of our biggest markets um, isn't making any money. They're just not trying. <laughs> yeah, like the, the, it's a media-driven league, the NBA. It's like, yeah. no, we need people watching the Sixers. And when the Sixers yeah. come to town, we need people going to those games. Yeah. It's a major market. We see the numbers. The team on a winning streak now. Our numbers are way better than they were two weeks ago when they were losing. And it's like, oh, yeah. that was fun, but it's over. Like, it's this is a major market. They need that. And so I understand why the national people are like, oh, my God, this is so nice. But we're all kind of going. Yeah, you know what else is nice? Uh, the first parade since fucking 1975. Exactly. Like, none of us were born. Yeah, but I just, like, I... I under... Like, yes, you have to have high draft picks to rebuild. You have to have some, more than one, really. The Flyers have now had two. <laughs> that's that's yeah, good, better yeah. than we've had in a long time. It's a start. I don't think that the only way this team becomes a contender is one or two more top five picks. I don't think that's the only path. No, and they're going to have to buy guys. Right, and especially <laughs> if... As of right now, I have a lot of faith in Danny Briere because he has yet to give me a reason to not Fair. have faith in him. And if he is a very good general manager, which he could be, I don't think there's any reason to believe that if the Flyers pick at 11 in the next draft, that somehow this is over. We're done. It's never going to happen. Cancel everything. Like I, yeah. I just feel like that kind of attitude, which I see a lot on social media with Flyers fans, is just like... It's silly. Like, let yourself enjoy this. It's not going to ruin everything because they've already set a foundation that's giving them a road to follow. And I think, this point. like, what's giving me, because, again, it's the Flyers. They've done dumb stuff our entire lives. But when I hear, like, Todd Fedorik going on a national show and the company line that he's spouting is, listen, it's still a rebuild. Yeah, they're still yeah. We are young, and the yeah. coach is telling us, like— yeah. There's going to be some loss. Yeah, it's like, yeah. they're coming. That gives me at least the optimism. All right. They're not going to do the dumb thing. No. Like, they're not going to go get a number three defenseman <laughs> at the deadline. And it's like, yeah, remember that Florida pick? It's gone. Yeah, right. like, they're not going to do that. Yeah. So, uh, uh, cool. And that's uh, then I, knowing that, I can enjoy what's happening because right. they're not going to do something dumb and ruin the rebuild, even though they're no. winning right now. Just a quick side note on this. Yes, by total points, the Flyers are second in the Metropolitan Division. They're high up in the uh, they're high up in the Eastern Conference standings. By points percentage, they're fourth in the division and seventh in the conference. Yeah. 
I don't understand why the default sort on NHL standings is points totals when everyone's at a different place in their schedule. Like matter. points percentage. I don't points, care. <laughs> I just like points percentage is really like that's eh. that's what it's going to come down to at the end of the year. No, I look at the picture when everything's even. What, whatever makes the Flyers look better. Yeah, I look at the picture do. on my screen and it says second. So <laughs> I just it's, I don't know what you're talking it's, about. It's annoying to me that uh, doesn't matter it's just a small <laughs> pet peeve like it, look it, that's it, their place in the standings isn't actually their place in the well, standings the, the place of the standings is moving about all over the place <laughs> yeah. all the time look, the whole all, season but we all know like yeah it's fun to say they're second in the metro we all know they're not going to finish the year second in Who the metro knows? like come on they might win it but they, you don't know. yeah they could win it but seriously <laughs> like if the flyers make the playoffs they're making the playoffs probably as a wild card team and that's fine because we know what this roster's limitations are. We know. We know they're not Carolina. We know they're not the Rangers. We know that. I got to take a quick break to tell you about our new partner, AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it literally every day. I gave AG1 a try because, as I've told you plenty of times before, my life pre-PHLY was pretty much routineless. My schedule was different every day, but now I've got some normalcy in my life, uh, and I want to try to be just a tad healthier, just a little bit. And AG1 is a tremendous way to kick off my morning routine. I drink AG1 every morning to start my day, and it makes me feel like I'm doing something good for my body because I'm giving my body the nutrition it craves and just starting off on the right, uh, on the right foot. One scoop of AG1 for me and some water, maybe even my coffee uh, while I'm getting my dog's breakfast and his medicine together, just doing my morning routine. Uh, I've even, you know, and before I've even taken a shower or had anything to eat, like I feel like I've already accomplished something and that sets me up to keep going throughout the day. If a comprehensive solution is what you need for uh, from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drink ag1.com slash flyers that's drinkag1.com slash flyers to check it out you won't be disappointed we have a legitimate ag1 customer sitting with us i buy it with my money kelly yeah, is the my money <laughs> kelly is the healthiest person i know she is she's and, definitely the healthiest person at this table yes and uh she uses it so you know this isn't this isn't some no. sort of snake oil and it tastes pretty good too. i gotta try this coffee thing though i'm dubious about the coffee thing but i will try it i like weird stuff well, that's i mean so, like, my, my only thing i'll say to you, i used Bill, to drink my pre-exam meal in college was a red bull and frosted flakes oh, to get, oh, that, together i would instead of milk i would put oh, red bull no. in the yeah, frosted yeah. flakes like number one how are you still alive <laughs> number two i don't know my suggestion this is why i need ag1 was it my suggestion to you with the ag1 is that like i'm glad you're using it it's it seems like a very good product however don't let that tell you like oh i'm, t- now I'm using I'm ag1 yeah. now i can drink five more beers tonight <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's what's informing my decisions. Uh, anyway, so that's that. Um, that's the kind of playoff, that whole conversation. Um, newsy stuff. Mm-hmm. Stall has been activated. Sandstrom cleared waivers, sent down to the I Phantoms. I'm shocked. It is shocking. Shock that no team wanted. It, it is shocking <laughs> that this dude who's not good enough to back up on a rebuilding team is not wanted by a good team. Uh like, I mean, I guess there is just such a shortage of goalies, but I, he's not one of the 64 best goalies in the in the world. Yeah. That's that's just what I that's what I take from having watched him the last, no, and I think last exactly. couple of years. And this is why I was so irrationally angry that they were keeping him around because it was just like it's <laughs> not even do? is it that big of a deal? No, but it's more like why are you trying to sell me that Felix Sandstrom is so desired around the league that we just can't afford to lose him? It's just like. We can't possibly lose this asset, devalue this asset. Also, Morgan Frost, you're never going to play. <laughs> 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 yeah, this guy is probably oh, a no. at least replacement level NHL player. Yeah, we're not going to we're not going to build his value at no, all. No. We cannot possibly lose Felix. What whoever will we do without it, Felix? Sanchez? It's just very funny. That's our Morgan that Frost way. talk for the day. Uh, but back, I think the interesting part of this is that Stahl is officially been activated uh, after he was cleared. They still hadn't played him, but now they've made it all official. Do we expect Zamula out of the lineup? I mean, they've won five in a row. 
I doubt it. Well, so based on what I saw at practice today, they did run lines and pairings. It does not appear that Igor Zamola is coming out of the lineup. What it looked like based on what they ran today. Now, granted, doesn't mean that's what they're going to run on Wednesday when they go up to the island and play the Islanders. But it did appear that Mark Stahl was paired with Igor Zamola and Louis Belpedio was on the extra pair with Ristolainen. And Ristolainen, he was not wearing the non-contact jersey. He was wearing a full contact jersey, but he remains on long-term injury reserve. So presumably he's not going to play on Wednesday, which leads you to believe that if Belpedio is on a pairing with him, that means Belpedio is out. Did see at the end of practice... John Torrell take Belpedio aside and have a conversation with him. Obviously, oh, we couldn't no. overhear, but one assumes that conversation might be, "Hey, Louie, you did a really good job, great work, but He's, you're but you're going to sit." He's and like right now, they still they have the roster space, and he would be the seven. Uh, they would only, I don't, they wouldn't even need to send him down because they're only at twenty two. I think. When Risto comes back, no, they could keep him, I believe. But then they'd have eight defensemen. Yeah, it's almost like what's and the point? Why? Yeah. But he's been better than expected, him. right? He's perfectly fine. I've liked him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, him coming out is not. I'm like, I'm not gonna I, make a fuss about it because you know, whatever. He's fine. It's just been a nice little surprise to have this guy come up that like no one was really talking about before and have him perform pretty well. It's it's nice because and like Chuck Fletcher would talk a lot about the idea of, you know, we need depth throughout the organization. We need to, you know, the, our, our eighth and ninth guys on the depth chart on defense, they matter too because guys get hurt and they need to play. And then, invari certainly do. then invariably, with probably Nick Sealer, the only exception, invariably those guys would come up and be god-awful. Yeah. And it's nice to have a guy in Belpedia who can come up and be fine. No, and that's... I remember when everything was first happening with the defense. It's like, yeah, we don't know when Risto's going to be back. Stahl's going has gone down now, and it was like, all right, Andre's getting sent down. What's going to happen? And I was like, listen, if it's Adder, if it's Jenning, awesome. If it's Belpedio and Mete, I'm going to have I'm going to have say a, those a words. history. And it, sure was. And and it, it was, was them. Exactly and, no, and, yeah. and they came <laughs> up and. They were much better than expected. Yeah. So maybe they do actually have this organizational depth now where someone can get hurt. And it's like, yeah, we only have five defensemen now. Like, uh, perhaps that's good for this and team. And there's also an element, too, where when the guys that are getting hurt aren't super great anyway. Yeah. Like, Mark Stahl, the, the, the gap between Mark Stahl and Louis Belpedio, probably not that long. Not at this point, it, no. It's You're not really. And that's it's why I think, like, Listen, Mark Stahl might not work his way back into this lineup right away. They're winning a ton of games. It does look like, though, he's probably going to get back in on, on Wednesday. You would think that, like, why would they take him off IR if What's you're the not going to play yeah. him? I think he will probably play on Wednesday. And it'll be interesting to see how he looks because as much shit as he got in the early season, mostly from fans who just wanted to see Zamul and Andre in the lineup at the same time, I thought he was getting better. He had a good game, I thought, against Vancouver. He was having a good game against Edmonton. He had a couple shifts against McDavid where he looked pretty good. And then he gets hurt and he's out for a month and a half. So I'm intrigued to see whether we get the stall from the first two games of the year who did not look like an NHL player or if we get the stall from the next two games before he got hurt when he looked pretty decent. And he is the one guy that whether they sell or not, they could trade. Yes. I'm not saying you're getting anything of substance for him, but a third's better than a fourth if he looks good, you know? Yeah. That's, that's it. So now we think Zamul is going to stay in. Stahl is back. Who do we believe are the – I mean, Sanheim and Walker, obviously. Obviously. Uh, who are the lineup locks beyond that once they're at seven or eight defensemen? We're just talking about the defense? Healthy, yeah. Just we're talking about the defense right now. I'm done with the Morgan Frost okay. conversation, at cool. least until mailbag. Never cool. again. I'm done with I, Look, it. I think in the short term, York is a lock. Yeah. I don't think he's a lock forever. If he has three or four bad games, I think having the additional depth of guys like Risto and Stahl back in the lineup, back in the rotation, allows for Torts to throw a hissy fit and bench him for a game if he wants yeah. to send a message. But I don't think that's going to happen right away. I think in the short term, York is a lock. Now, beyond that, look— I don't think that Nick Sealer deserves to be a lock all the time, but right now he's playing he's real playing, well. Yeah. He doesn't deserve to come That's, out. No. Uh, and Sealer was the guy who crossed my mind. And I was like, yeah, the first couple of games of the season, I could understand why maybe he's not going to be part of this lineup every single night, but he's been a lot better lately. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there's a single actual lock outside of the top pair. Yeah. I think that we could see all of these guys rotated in and out as long as they are all healthy and, and that kind of stuff. Um, it's nice to see them, though, giving Zamula 
an opportunity to play out of what has been, eh, you know, kind of not not super great, not the best we've seen of him the last couple of games. I, I think the thing that's saving Zamula, which like compare this to Emil Andre. Emil Andre was just struggling. Period. It was game after he, game after game. He yeah. looked overmatched. He looked like he needed time. He's in the not NHL ready. He looked not it out. ready. Whereas Zamola, it's been like this. Yes, he'll have a pretty good game. You're like, oh, that, you know, he's made made a couple of really good defensive plays, a couple of nice passes. Then he'll have a game like in Carolina where he was overmatched, had an awful delay game penalty. Like he just didn't look good. But it's not like it's this. It's this, this, this. And I think that's giving them the reason where it's like right when they're about to say, hey, maybe he needs to sit for a few games, then he delivers a pretty good game. And you say, you know what? Maybe it's better for him to just take his lumps because yeah. it's not like he's bad every night. No, and it, it, it would have been easy, I think, for Tortorella to take Zamula out and leave Belpedio in. Like he could have done that. Yeah, easily. I, I don't even think that Definitely. anyone would have been upset about it. I agree. And he's, I, I think it, it shows, again, that commitment to the fact that we are rebuilding and we need to, like, we need Zamula to be something. And if he's going to be, he's got to play through yeah. this Or at least you need to know if he's something. Yes, right, exactly. Which I think goes back to, you know, and I know everyone's going to point to, yeah, but who do they take out of the lineup for him? I get that. I know the Morgan Frost thing is always going to be a thing, but <laughs> the fact that Bobby Brink got back in the lineup, yes. the game after they took down the defending champions in an awesome, like that's yes. not what a coaching staff does. Typically not. Normally a coaching staff is like, hey, we just had this big win. I can't change that lineup even a little bit. And instead, Torts was like, no, I need to get Bobby Brink back into a game. He's coming back in. Now, granted, the fact that it was Morgan Frost starts, it opens up an entirely different I, can of worms. It was the most. But <laughs> the fact of the matter is, is that John Tortorella clearly does not view Morgan Frost as one of the guys that he needs to learn more about. He doesn't see him as yeah. anything. A human person. He's not going to no. be part of this. It doesn't matter how good he is. No. That's did, did did you hear yesterday's yes. show? My conspiracy theory. Yes. That stall wasn't actually cleared. Yeah. But this is all just. You're one hundred percent right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Yes. All right. Uh, before we move on to Mailbag Monday on Tuesday. I got to tell you about my friends, the makers of Hero Bread. Listen, I think this time of year we could all use little help making some better decisions. I just told you basically I need help making every decision in my life. Uh, but with <laughs> Thank God you have Ava, man. Uh, it's truly I would not be alive. Um, I know with football every Sunday, there's tons of hockey games every night, holiday parties coming up, everything going on this time of year. I'm going to be taking in a lot of calories. I'm going to be drinking a ton of carbs. Uh, I'm told that's maybe not the best choice for maintaining a healthy lifestyle. And that's where Hero Bread comes in. Hero makes sliced breads, buns, and tortillas that are available on Hero.co as well as Amazon. I've been making a ton of the quesadillas with uh, the Hero tortillas, but all of their products have hit the spot for me because this bread is soft, fluffy, and delicious. And right now... Hero Bread is offering the PHLY fam 10% off their first order. Just go to Hero.co and use our code PHLY to save on Hero Bread today. That's H-E-R-O.co to save 10% today with our code PHLY. And now it is time for just another Mailbag Tuesday. Uh, I just love singing that song. I you? do. It's a great song. <laughs> Billy Joe has it, uh, man, has Manic Monday on a, a cover album he did, and it's, okay. it's excellent. Okay. Um, we're going to start out with, of course, a question about Morgan Frost. Yay. This comes from our buddy RJ Smiley. He asks, will Frost get dragged along like this until the deadline? If the Flyers manage a wild card spot, do they automatically lose out on selling off vets slash expiring UFAs? I believe we'd benefit more from selling than buying. Not sure the brass will agree. And I'm going to uh, put this into two different parts. Does this thing with Frost last until the deadline, at which point we think there could be a trade that would open up a spot for him? I think it lasts forever because Frost is not going to be a part of this. They, the coach doesn't like him. Doesn't matter how good he is. He's gone as soon as they can get rid of him. I think it could last. You know, it wouldn't shock me if this keeps up. Like it's going to keep up until next year well, if he's here next well, no, year. What I, what I was going to say was that if this keeps up, I could see Morgan Frost being one of the guys they sell at the deadline. Yes. Mm -hmm. If they find somebody who wants to give him a shot. Yeah. A team who 
maybe doesn't have a bunch of center depth but is in a battle for a playoff spot and they look at Morgan Frost and they say you know what he's better than what we got and he's got upside let's give it a go I could see that now I would like to see Morgan Frost get a fairer shake here that would be my ideal but the longer this goes the more you think that that probably is going to happen I would like to see a lot of things and some of them just ain't ever going to happen. Yeah. Like Morgan Frost is not going to be anything here. He might be something somewhere else or he might stink. It doesn't matter, though. It's not happening here. The yeah. second part of this is what I alluded to earlier in the show. Right. The idea of will they lose out on selling off vets slash expiring USAs? I believe we'd benefit more from selling than buying. Not sure Brass will agree. They're not going to buy, I don't think. No, definitely not going to buy. Yeah. We talked about this a bit yesterday in terms of these vets slash expiring UFAs. We're talking about one guy, Sean Walker. Yeah. Everyone else of any value, like I said, they can sell Mark Stahl. That's not selling. He's a guy who no. barely and factors they're not in. Gonna get, even if they don't, like, what are they going to get What are they getting for him? Yeah. Get a, get a late the, like, this is yeah. Justin Braun again. Yeah, yeah. right, right, right. Um, uh, everyone else has term left. Yeah. So you will need to. If they don't sell these guys, yes, that's annoying. You get, you know, when there's a bidding war, deadlines, spur action, all that stuff. It would be annoying if you don't get something for Cam Atkinson. It would be annoying if you don't get something for Sean Walker. I think they badly need to trade him because he is he is on that expiring. But everyone else with term, you can do that at the draft. You can do it on July 1st. You can do it throughout the offseason. You can do it all the time next season leading up yeah, to the trade rentals, deadline. When guys like Atkinson yeah, when, they become, yeah. when they yeah. become rentals. Right. Like, you have more time to get it done. Now... If those dudes ultimately walk in free agency a year or two from now, then it's retroactively bad. Yeah, agree. But as long as that possibility exists, we can say, and this is the path to make it okay. Yeah. Like, if they don't sell them, it's not the end of the world. And talking about somebody like Atkinson in particular, it would not shock me in the slightest if the way they look at it with Atkinson is that, you know what, right now he's helping. He's having a good year. He's shown that he can still play at a pretty high level, or at least at like what his previously high level was before the uh, the injury that he had last year. But then in the offseason, they may look at it and they'd be like, you know what? He's good, but Bobby Brink's ready, clearly. Yeah. Tyson Forrester's ready, clearly. Like maybe Owen Tippett's better on the right side. And then it becomes like, we're not selling you because we're rebuilding. We're selling you because just as a spot no for you spots. anymore, man. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I, I think I could see them keeping Atkinson around for this entire season just because he wasn't around much last year. And he's definitely uh, like instilling good culture and yeah. work ethic in the kids kind of guy. They absolutely. Yeah. I think like Travis Konechny is ready to take up that mantle maybe as the the bridge to torts, but like they brought in Mark Stahl for a reason. Yeah. Cam Atkinson, they're like taking care of him for like. Yeah. Tortorella, while I do believe he's doing a good job, he sometimes might need an interpreter. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you might just need then like one of the pro yeah. best friends. And I know we like gave that a bad rap professional best friend because it was like bad players, but these guys are actually good. Yeah, like Cam okay. Atkinson, good to come up and be like, this is what he wants. I know he's fucking with you. He's playing the mind games. <laughs> I know he's crazy. I know. No, I get it. He's I get an it. insane person. <laughs> but like, he's right. not Mike Babcock. That like, yeah. I think like no. sometimes we need to ex- like maybe some guys who don't have the best relationship with him need that explained. Like, yeah. he wants you to be good. Yeah. He's not trying to ruin your career unless like you unless you worship cross. at the altar <laughs> of the greatness of him. Like maybe a Mike Babcock. Yeah. Like, he's trying to make this rebuild work like and having those guys around might not be the worst thing in the world although like damn cam atkinson's really good it would be pretty dope to get a nice return for a guy like that who's at this age not going to be part of the future atkinson strikes strikes me as a guy who very much makes sense to sell in the offseason because number one he's helping now i think one place he's helping a lot not just in terms of what he's doing but in terms of what he's probably saying behind closed doors is on the penalty kill that this penalty kill has been really good and Bradshaw runs the penalty kill. Bradshaw ran the penalty kill in Columbus, who Cam Atkinson played under for years in Columbus and became a penalty kill guy under him. So I bet Atkinson is helping out a lot in terms of pushing them to play the more aggressive style that they're playing this year. Not that they didn't play aggressive last year, but they've turned it up a notch this year, I think. 
And I think Atkins is probably playing a big <laughs> role there in terms of teaching the younger guys like, this is what Bradshaw wants. This is what he doesn't want. This is what he wants. Now let's go out there and do it. So to me, Atkinson makes way more sense to trade in the offseason because number one, you want that for the year. Number two, cap's going up. Suddenly it, there's yeah. a lot more teams that might be interested in adding one more year of Cam Atkinson. Uh, just this is just a thing I thought of. You know how like sometimes on a, a, on football teams there's like a healthy rivalry between the offense and defense. Now this is a there are no crossover players, so like yeah. it's different groups of guys. But there are some players who just kill penalties, and there are some guys who are on the power play that don't kill penalties. You know, sure. Is do you think like? There's a little bit maybe of a competition for this scoring race. Like, do you think like, the penalty kill guys are deep down going, let's let's beat the power play? Oh, like, oh, I want man. that to be true. I want, like, I just wonder, like, the way they – you see, and Sean Walker does both. But I see Sean Walker at the blue line making that play to send them on, a, uh, on the 2-on-0, and I go – they want this, man. The power play's been hot, and they want they don't I, want to relinquish this lead. I think it's less that they're having a competition, but I would not at all be shocked if, like, behind closed doors, the penalty kill guys are giving the power play guys shit. Like, you better step it up. We're catching you. Yeah. I, I, I bet it's more the coaches than any. Like, the coaches busting each other's balls. Probably. Like, we're only a goal behind yeah. you. I think it's 7-5 or 7-6. I, I can't. Bradshaw is just, like, such the nicest guy in the world. Like, I feel like Rocky Thompson, who coaches the power play, has more of the personality to be giving Brad Shaw <laughs> shit rather than the other way around. It's just Brad Shaw is doing a significantly better job coaching his unit than Rocky is doing it coaching his. <sighs> I just I just thought of that when we were talking about it. I think it's fun. Uh, a question from F. This nonsense. Uh -huh. uh, I chose this mostly because of your name. But well, also, you wanted to say that. Yeah. Um, per Elliot Friedman, interest in Walker is starting to manifest. Should they wait for the deadline or instead try to sell high now? Can, can I rant about this for a second? Yay. Floor is yours, my friend. Like, I understand the argument here. I get it. I do get why fans say this. I don't think fans, I think fans should disabuse themselves of the notion that selling a guy in November is ever going to happen. It doesn't happen. This is not a case of the Flyers are just too stupid to sell high. Nobody's looking to make trades right now, really. There like, might like there's like a, maybe an Edmonton who is severely under underachieving might be looking to make a trade to shake things up. Beyond that, these trade markets don't start getting going until like January. And it's not the failing of the GM because you didn't trade him in November. It's because no one is really looking to buy right now. Everybody's trying to figure out what they have on their team. Like you can see this time of year hockey trades. Like yes. oh we like I always think of the uh Matt Carl Steve Eminger trade. Like this isn't working. We need to just let's swap dudes. Like that can work this yes. time of year. Yes. But selling like it just that doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. Like, especially considering, like, the Flyers are going to, at the deadline, they're going to maintain salary, do retain salary, do whatever they have to do to get the best possible return. You're not... You sell them now, say that's a possibility. In the world where selling is a possibility in, you know, two days before Thanksgiving. Um There's no bidding war. No. There's yeah. one team exactly. calling it, like, exactly. yeah, maybe Edmonton's desperate. Yeah. And who else? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, there's, there's, always, there's just not a market. And, yeah. and like, well, Elliot Freeman, I 100% believe this is the case where he says interest in Walker is starting to manifest. Yeah. That, that doesn't mean they're getting calls saying, we'll give you a second round pick for Sean Walker. That means not that enough. Danny is getting calls from people saying, hey, what are you? where are you guys at with Walker? Because when the deadline comes up, I want to know if he's an option for us at the deadline. They're not, they're not making offers now. That's not how this works. They're checking in to see like, hey, are you guys planning to resign that guy or might he be available in January and February? That's what Friedman means, means when he's saying interest is starting to manifest. It's, hey, we want to know because we want to know if we should send a scout to watch two weeks of Flyers games <laughs> to see if we actually want this dude. Yeah, that's what he means. That's that, there's no no this isn't happening no. at this point like it just yeah maybe he gets hurt maybe his play falls off the table and, that would suck. and we all go well god damn it you could have got a first form in November but you couldn't, you couldn't. no you couldn't, you couldn't have, have. No. no you actually couldn't have only on shell yeah, yeah that's only on shell it, yeah. it is much easier to like be an aggressive GM in uh -huh. a video game where you're against you know yourself. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> from Flyers Fan 39, a uh, regular mailbag contributor. Thoughts on Zamula? It seems to me after a shaky start, he's been finding his footing with less mistakes, smarter passes, and some really good plays against top guys. Not sure I want Stall back in. We talked a little bit about yeah. him earlier. I thought, like, shaky start. I don't know if this is. I thought he was really he was better good to start. start. I was yeah. like, oh, so mm-hmm. he's going to be a top four defenseman, I'm huh? Here. And then it was really. He dropped off. And now he's. Doing the as Charlie put the like the, the yeah. yeah and that's honestly if he's a third pair defenseman that's that's good that's what third pair defensemen are yeah. like what's the hardest thing to be in professional sports consistent yeah. if you're consistently good you're a top four defenseman mm-hmm. your six is gonna be inconsistent that might be just what he is yeah. and if that's what he is then he's not necessarily someone you give away for nothing he's just not someone you prioritize yeah. And you need to have a good third pair. Like, having a good thir- third pair defenseman isn't bad. Yeah. No. Remember Ryan Parent? No, never forget the 2010 final exactly. in which those Lucas dudes were— Prychuk? No, thank you. Th- those dudes were playing, like, eight seconds a game and were somehow minus two. Yes. Like, it takes longer— It takes longer to skate defense. from the face-off <laughs> circle to, like, the goal than they were getting, and somehow goals were going in when they were on the ice. You do need the good third pair. Yes, you basically roll with four and give them half a game, but— Someone has to play sometimes. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, they need a rest every now and then. So you do need those guys too. Uh, from Marshall Morisau. During the streak, they've beaten some good teams, but is there any game coming up that might be a little more of a measuring stick? The Rangers game is kind of going to be the a Rangers, fun one. Yeah, I would say. So. I mean, just looking yeah. at the standings, exactly. the way they are, and, and also it's Flyers Rangers, Rangers. It's Black Friday game. Exactly. Like, it's it's the rivalry. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That said, though. I don't think it's quite fair to say, like, <laughs> yeah. they've beaten no. some good teams. They, they beat, beat the freaking Golden Knights, Knights, man. They've, yeah. played, they've played the Golden Knights twice. They nearly beat them and then beat, like, yeah. and that's the, like, Tortorella keeps saying the losses are coming. Like, the measuring stick is going to be their consistency throughout this season. Whether they point. win or lose, it's like, how are they playing? Yeah. Do yeah. they look like, are they in these games? Are they just getting smashed in January yeah. by when they start playing the contending teams again when the schedule comes back around like all right those teams stepped up their level because it's we're at the midway point and now they're just beating the shit out of us or no we're we're maintaining we're competitive in these games like, i don't think there's any one game because also there's going to be clunkers sure like they just Every lost team has they just lost the fucking san jose <laughs> and now they're on a five game winning streak they did that like this is there's going to be those bad games. There are for every team. Like Edmonton also lost. Like to San like Jose. what Vegas fans are saying about them losing to the Flyers. Yeah, they just every lost now to the, and again. They there's just a clunker. They yeah. just lost to the state of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Like they are better than both of these teams. Sure. They lo- there's not going to be any one game that's a measuring stick. It's going to be were they competitive in 70 out of 82? Yeah, like that's what I'm looking. It's a good answer. At. And to this point, like I think that's kind of the pace they're on. Um, Nick Hankins asks with cutter on the way, what is the logical move or moves you anticipate them making to free up space roster space, uh, for cutter and other younger players like Morgan Frost. I was going to say, <laughs> is Morgan Frost either traded or starts collecting the bags after practice <laughs> or is like fired into the sun. He will not be here blocking cutter. Gauthier's road to center. He's not blocking Ryan Paling's road to center. Yeah. Fair enough. That was, we're going to get to that <laughs> in a minute. And it's actually not the thing I'm talking about. But yeah, I mean, the logical, most obvious move, whether it's trading him, whatever, just benching him, putting him in the press box. Yeah. There will be, Morgan Frost will not be a roadblock yeah. to anybody. No, yeah. there's a Morgan like, Frost size changes hole. dramatically. And mm. he, had, he goes on a crazy run. Yeah, over Sean Couturier gets hurt. Yeah. He's not going to go on a crazy run because he's never going to get the chance to go on a crazy run. If a bunch run. of guys get hurt, okay, that's, that's what the it, only yes. way. Okay, yeah, yeah. Me, okay, that's fair. it. But, but to, to follow up on this, Morgan Frost to me is the obvious one. And the other guy is someone we talked about. Cam Atkinson. Cam Atkinson where, and that I don't think would happen this year. But I, I don't think see, it's going to. Because you think about it, okay, Cutter Gauthier, they're trying to develop him as a center. That's what they want him to be. If he's not a center, he's probably a left wing. Who's playing left wing right now? Owen Tippett is, but he's playing left wing because Cam Atkinson is a right wing. So if you decide that you want to have Cutter Gauthier have a spot available because you decide he's a winger, then the guy that you you probably move out of the way is Owen Tippett. Moving back over to the right, you probably clear out Cam Atkinson and suddenly there's a spot. So to me, those are your two guys. Frost is the no-brainer unless something dramatically changes. And then Atkinson, because stylistically, like, yeah, Gauthier is way bigger. 
but like they're both shooter type guys mm -hmm. stylistically like that would be the guy you move out so you don't have too many shooters on the team imagine I know. A what world a, what like a Claude Giroux gone. I know. Team full of dudes who can shoot. All of a sudden. <laughs> I just, I want to punch somebody. Like whoever, I don't like, like about that. Oh, yeah, we're going to give you Jake Voracek, who's you. And we're going to give you, here's Michael Roffel, a fourth liner. <laughs> a good fourth liner. Oh, man. But just like the thought process of, oh, man, Roffel scored 21. Let's keep him up there. Why was it the thought process? What if he had a good player? <laughs> Imagine what a good player could do. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll never My get over it. They, they will need to win the Stanley Cup before I fully get over the fumbling of the Claude Giroux era. But we're yep. focusing on the now. Can't change it. Um, just something I've been thinking about because these rumors are all starting to come out. Teams are starting to – front offices are starting to wake up a little because everyone sees their place in the standings and they know what happens on Thanksgiving. You're in or you're out, and it might be where you end up. Columbus. Uh, they are in absolute freaking terms. They are a shit show. Yeah, they're dumb yeah, fire. Um, they are looking for centers. Morgan Frost, maybe not the caliber of player they're looking for, but a points-producing center. Uh, what do you think his value actually even is? You know what I'm like, thinking? What would you, if you were to make a hockey trade with Columbus, whether for future, whatever it is, a player, like, what's he get? what are we getting back for a dude with 40-ish point potential that the team clearly has no interest in developing? If I'm Columbus... I'm looking at Johnny Gaudreau and I'm thinking he's not working here. <laughs> you're, maybe, you're still on the bring Johnny to Philly. Maybe he needs a change of scenery. So we just do a little swap. Morgan oh Frost God. for Johnny Gaudreau. Uh, you, you here kid, we go. Here we go. Get going. You kid, but not now. I can see that happening down the line. I can see them trading. If he gets back to some semblance of the player he was when he signed, I could see them maybe needing a veteran well, scorer and well, bring him in. But one, one idea, two, and, three years and, and away, to be you clear, know, like the Flyers. To be clear, were. this was very much just two people chatting and just throwing shit at the wall. I was having a conversation with Al Morganti today at practice, Ooh. and we were talking about the Johnny Gaudreau problem. And Al brought up, like, this would be wild, and it would be really, really funny. <laughs> the idea of doing a swap between Calgary and Columbus Huberto for Goudreau. Johnny goes back oh, to Cal. Oh, man. My that God. would be so goddamn funny. That would be funny. amazing. He does, however, have a no move. Yeah, but like to Columbus? Like, he has what? He has a no move? Does it he matter? He does not want to play on okay, the okay. opposite side of the world. Okay, <laughs> but he almost went back to Calgary last time. Apparently, he made the decision at the last minute. He doesn't seem to be very happy in Columbus. Yeah. <laughs> I Suddenly, would be I Calgary's looking a lot Chuck better. Fletcher I would be destroyed this man. I would be absolutely happens. shocked if he ever went back. But to answer to answer your question about um about Morgan Frost the value. Frost, Frost yeah. value, the Columbus idea, I would guess Frost probably is like mid round pick value at this point, somewhere like that third, fourth. Because someone asked me on Twitter today, like, do you think Morgan Frost could potentially bring back a first? No. And my thing was like, if he could, he wouldn't be here anymore. They would have <laughs> they would have traded for him for a first already. No, yeah, like they would have traded his rights this offseason. Yeah, like he would be gone. But I would think he probably is like in the mid-round range or like do some sort of misfit for misfit trade. Like you brought up Columbus. Like, I don't know where Adam Boquist Probing. is right now, but like Adam Boquist, we're talking about like a former top ten pick, already got traded once, right-handed shooting defenseman. Like, could I see that being a swap where the Flyers are like, yeah, let's let's give it a go. Maybe. Your trash for my trash. Wouldn't hate that. Uh, yeah, that, that could work. Yeah. Um, from Gresco, another great name. What Flyers asset has the greatest value and makes good sense to trade this season? And what is a reasonable expected return for this asset? Um, I mean, it's Walker, probably. Walker. I mean, like, and to me, you have to get a first. Like, Konechny has the most value. Right, but, but you're not you're trading. Not tra if you're battling for a playoff spot, you're certainly not trading Travis Konechny. I don't think they're trading him under any circumstances. Probably not, way. but, like, it certainly wouldn't be in season. Well, here's the thing, like... This is why trades don't happen until the deadline because all, none of these questions can be answered right now. Yeah. Like, no one knows what they need, like Charlie was saying. No one knows what they can afford to bring on. Like, it's... Who knows? Yeah. It's going to depend. Like, sud like, Mark Saul could become very, very, very valuable 
if there are four teams looking for a right-handed defenseman going into the playoffs. Yeah, or, then, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, or just a veteran type. Yeah, right, exactly. Because he's a lefty. But yeah, just, oh, just, just like a veteran type. And Saul can play both sides. I mean, he's yeah. he's done that before. But yeah, I think you're right. Like, it's, it just depends on what the market is. And also, right. we don't know where the Flyers are going to be. No. Like, right now, we're staring at a Flyers team, as you you, you guys noted, second in the Metro. In the playoffs. Sort of. We're 18 games in. in by, <laughs> by the middle of January, they could be seventh in the Metro. You don't know. We just don't know. That's the the thing about the Thanksgiving thing is the season did used to start a little earlier. It did. Like you might be at like the twenty five mark now instead yeah. of eighteen. Mm-hmm. But it's a stupid it's thing, but I like a, it. I still like doing it. Again, we're content producers. Yeah. It's every we're day. It content. is what it is. It's every day. But yeah, I would say Walker. Like to me, Walker is the guy who Walker's is, the one. He's the one who is most likely to make sense to trade now. And also likely to have real value yes. if this is for real. He's the guy who you're going to have to make a real call on. I will answer this with um, kind of a joint answer with the making room for guys like Cutter Gauthier and other young players. Maybe they want to call up a lick cell or something. Um, Scott Lawton. Ooh, Scott Lawton. Spicy. The, I, spicy love, I love I Scott Lawton. Uh, I would have traded him over this time. Does he fit? Like... What's he really going to be when this team is good? A fourth liner? Probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. And he's he has a lot of value, I would think. Oh, yeah. The league likes him. Teams Everybody sure. likes him. And again, like, he's not the fighter. I brought this up. Like, not the fighter Tanner Janot is. But if he's going for a first, man, like, all right, Tanner Janot. But Scott Lawton can play up in the lineup. Yeah. Maybe again, not ideally, but he can. But again, if, if we're talking about this idea of what happens if the Flyers are in a playoff race. Then they're, they're not, not trading their captain. Yeah, they're not going to the rip, the, they're not gonna rip the hard soul out of that yes. locker room I, in the middle of a playoff. I'm just trying to but come no, up he, with an interesting value. answer Absolutely. to this question. Yeah. Absolutely. Because we, talk, we talked about Sean Walker the last, every time we've done the show for two weeks. Sure. <laughs> Obviously, he's the one. Yeah. To me, Lawton might be interesting. Yeah. Uh, from Ed Halinski. Which Flyers, I like this because he, he did a little theme for us with Thanksgiving. Which that. Flyers have been turkeys so far and need to step up their games? I would mm. say recently, definitely Noah Cates. Yep, mm. that's my answer. I think he's the guy who they need more from. And apparently we talked to Torts today after practice. Torts did say that, you know, he knows that he needs more from Noah Cates. He's going to try to get Noah Cates into more offensive situations. But... He's been struggling a bit, and Ryan Paling has taken that third-line center role that was projected to be Noah Cates's. Look, that's on Noah Cates. He's got, and look, I'm not saying it's going to be easy doing it with Deloria and Hathaway as your wingers, but you got to make some plays. You got to make some plays, and you got to make it clear to the coach with maybe a few really good shifts to start a game, so that if the team's down to nothing and you're the guy who's going, then you get bumped you up get bumped, through the yep. second period, and then you make you make your own luck. You you show the coaches you're ready to get a promotion. I feel like we're not getting enough fighting out of Nick Delorier. His fights per 60 is a little low. We got the fight last. Uh, nobody game. really wants a piece. Yeah. Like, yes, yeah. I, I just watched just the way presence per 60. The way the way guys even when they take fights with him and like, I criticized them the other day and I I really wish I didn't. Like I, I felt I was like why am I criticizing am I my this? favorite player on the team <laughs> like when they're on a five game winning streak? But I just thought that Columbus game was an example of not him but the idea of the enforcer protecting. I mean, well, who the hell was protected? I just watched Tyson Forster get boarded. Like uh, Regardless, I just liked your um, fight fight per game like, goal. I liked it. Like Pat Maroon, he had that pro wrestling mm. fight to start the game a couple of weeks ago, where they just like off the face off went. Yeah, and Maroon Maroon took the fight, and he's a big guy, and he can throw him. And he was just like, I want no part of this, and just used his size <laughs> advantage to keep Delorier away from yeah. him, and didn't really even try to hit him. Yeah. He was just like, no, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, not getting knocked out by a dude smaller exactly, than me. Exactly. Like that was like, no one really wants him. And that's the other part of the enforcer role is like, there's only like five of these dudes. Yeah, you know? if that. there's guys who can go like Hathaway, and like, and those are like, for a while he had more fights than Delorier yeah, yeah, because yeah. like middleweights will fight other middleweights, but. I don't expect, you know, the like the Scott Lawton of the other team to be like, I want Delorier. Yeah. Like, no, you're going to get hurt, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he, will, he will beat the crap out of you. It's, just, but it's inevitable. I, I want a little it's more. Like you, it's like the PK Subban. You do not fight Wayne do Simmons. Do not fight Wayne Simmons. Yes. Like, you just like, don't fight Wayne Simmons. Don't yeah. do it. Uh, like, I've seen, uh, it is time as a flyer. I saw Wayne Simmons maybe lose two fights. And one of them was to Jamie Alexiak. He was like six, seven. Who's, who's Denochara's <laughs> size. Like, it was just like, he can't, he can't. 
He can't reach him. Yeah. He would beat yeah. him up if he could reach, but it's not getting there. <laughs> and that was maybe one more I saw him lose. But a little more on Noah Cates for a second. Maybe he's just a fourth liner and a good one who can take shifts against top lines and kill penalties, gives you that opportunity to have a fourth line that maybe isn't just killing time out there for the top three to get a breather. Uh, and when you draft a guy in the fifth round and he's an NHLer, that's a win, right? Like yeah. fifth round pick yeah. turned down the NHL. Good pick. Yeah. Um, I, I was hoping for him to be a little bit more of what we thought Oscar Lindblom was going to be like Lindblom. When he got diagnosed was leading the team in goals. I don't think anyone ever thought like, Oh, well he's going to be a top line guy, but that third line dude who just gives you that great two way play and can chip in offensively and be that little diamond in the rough for you. Fifth round win a W in the fifth round is big. <sighs> He's not quite that, it doesn't seem. I am still a Noah Cates believer. I, okay. th I think it's going to come. And the thing I will say also about Noah Cates that gives you, it gives you another avenue you can take if this continues through the next two months where he's just not producing offensively, he's a fourth-line center. Don't forget that he's probably better at wing. You can always, if you really want to, you can always say, you know what? Maybe the center thing just isn't going to work at the NHL level. He's not going to score enough at that spot to be more than a fourth liner, but maybe he could be a middle six play driving wing, which is what they were hoping Oscar Lindblom was going to be anyway, because yeah. mm -hmm. he was never a center period. So you have that like in case of emergency break glass option of moving him back to Wayne, because one thing I've always thought with Cates and I, this is dating back to his time in college. And then also when he got that call up at the end of two seasons ago, and he looked really good. I thought one of his best traits was being the first guy in on the forecheck, being the F1. And when he plays center, he's not going to do that as often because the center is a low guy. He's low in the you, defensive zone. He usually yeah. gets into the offensive zone last out of the forwards or at least second. If you were to put him back at wing, maybe you take more advantage of that forechecking ability because I don't think that's just going to go away. He's going to have that. He's not going to stop no, being like, a good forechecker. When, they get, uh, when he's on the ice, regardless of what line he's on, once they get in the offensive zone, he's big on the cycle, yeah. great on those second effort four checks. Like, he's good at that stuff still. Yeah. It's just, like, not scoring the way I thought he would. Yeah. At least take that step. But we did, like you pointed out last time, we had this conversation about Sean Couturier for five yeah. years. Yeah. Like, and it lasted yeah. longer than it was. Not the same. Probably should have. No, and it's yeah. not, but it just. No, Cates is like JV Couturier. Yeah, I call him, yeah, right, right, I call him yeah. Couturier light. Like, yeah. that's yeah. what we're looking for. And yeah. I, just a little more offense, but I, 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 I hope he can figure something out. And the idea of moving him to wing might make sense at some point. Like, let us not forget. They had no centers last year. They had one, and the coach was like, nah, he ain't a center. And that <laughs> dude's God, no longer. Yeah, time. that dude's no longer here. And Sean Couturier's hurt. It's like, yeah, Scott Lawton can play center, and Noah Cates, we're going to make you you're, – you're the de facto yeah. 1C now. Congratulations, Cates. Guess yeah. what? It's you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was never a center to begin with, so maybe the idea of moving him to the wing could, uh, could eventually pay off. Uh, one more here from submitted Where questions. Did you get an ad read in? Oh, yeah. Good call. No, the uh, game time still. Listen, buying tickets to your favorite <laughs> event shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Game time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. So maybe it's Friday. You got your Black Friday shopping done early. You're good. Guess what? Flyers Rangers. Why not Why check it not? out? It's a measuring stick game. It is. So I heard. It's the big on this one. show. This is I've the big saying. one. Yeah, man. <laughs> Be there for the history making event. Flyers take over first place in the Metro. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals. I already did that line. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, game time will credit you 100 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with game, game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, from uh, Pat McKay. Less than a year after Chuck Fletcher's departure, and this team is much better than anyone thought they'd be. 
Does Chuck deserve credit for putting this team together, or are they succeeding despite Chuck's best efforts? This is a question we could spend an entire show on. Yes. What, pray tell, did Chuck Fletcher do exactly to construct this particular hockey team? I suppose the thing... Nick Delorier? That's and that's like <laughs> what were what were his biggest moves? Yeah, Risto, I, who ain't playing, not Risto playing. playing. Uh, Ryan Ellis, who doesn't exist. I don't know him. Nick Delorier, who is the fighter. Uh, Tony D, who was bought out because it made more sense than actually trading him. The Flyers saved money on the deal. <laughs> uh, like. I get I, so I hiring guess, the coach, but uh, was that really him? Yeah, was that, I think that was everybody. Look, there are some guys that that Fletcher deserves credit for. Like Fletcher did draft Tyson Forrester and Bobby Brink. So okay, Fair. there you go. Although maybe you put that on Brett Flair, who is still here. I think there was probably there's probably a reason he's still here, even though Fletcher is gone, because they think he's done a good job at drafting. So keep doing that. Just take out the guy at the top who was making all the mistakes. I think everyone, even the most vehement Chuck Fletcher haters, can acknowledge that given the circumstances of the Giroux trade, getting Owen Tippett was really good. It was, I don't know how he pulled off a very difficult thing and then was like, yeah, I can't figure out how to trade JVR for nothing. <laughs> like, I can't figure out how to give Which a guy away for three and a half million dollars. Makes me think that. Florida was like, what don't we want? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Owen Tippett's not working. Let's see if they'll take him. And then they were like, do you want Owen Tippett for Claude Giroux? And Chuck was like, okay. And then, that, you know. Like, even the future first they got out of them. Yeah. Now, listen, Florida could go on to get Maybe back to the Chuck's Stanley Cup final. But, like, chances are the 2024 pick they get from Florida, better than the one they would have gotten in 2023 because yeah. that would have been the 31st pick. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's a good chance. Good it's, you know, say it's in the 20s. Like, even that worked out. And Owen Tippett, we could see that he did an excellent job with that. But I, uh, I asked, uh, like, to follow up on this idea of Chuck, I guess, like, just looking at the moves he made, maybe there won't be that Ed Wade comparison. Like, after the fact, we can step back and go, oh, Ed Wade did, yeah, didn't break up a team that went on to win a championship. Like, it was his decision to be like, Utley's untouchable. Ryan Madsen's untouchable. Like all these dudes who ended up being part of a thing that was a great team. He made some decent moves. I, I think he made some decent moves, but I also think that like you can't number one, but I think it'll be Hextall is the one we're comparing him to. Yeah, but uh, fair. But I think like if you're looking at Fletcher, okay, number one, to me, the biggest thing. And when I really fully turned on Fletcher was when not this past summer, but the summer before when you trade Drew and you don't rebuild. I yeah. thought that was insane. And that was when it was no like, you've, retool, com like you've completely lost the plot. What are you actually doing here? You trade Giroux, but you re-sign Risto. And then you go and trade three draft picks for Tony D'Angelo, but you don't go after Goudreau. Like, you don't have a plan. You're just throwing darts at a wall. This makes no coherent sense. So there's that. And he deserves all the criticism in the world for that. Then there's the simple fact that everyone and their mother knew that Ivan Provorov was a problem in that locker room for years. And Chuck Fletcher would not trade him. Chuck Fletcher was, I guess, scared that if he let go the number one defenseman, the defense would fall apart. Well, they let go the number one defenseman and the defense is somehow better. So maybe that, maybe you shouldn't have been hesitating to trade Provorov. And then the other guy who they traded to maybe make this team better was the big free agent signing of Chuck Fletcher, Kevin Hayes. So. I didn't, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Listen, Kevin Hayes, Ivan Provorov, they didn't look good, but it's real easy for you to look good. All you got to do is shop at FOCO because FOCO is the absolute best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. Whether you're looking for team apparel for the season ahead, overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, anything you need for game day, or maybe you need some accessories, toys, collectibles, or novelty items for your man cave, she shed, or podcast set. You've got to use FOCO for all your team gear needs. FOCO always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in the description of this show. For all non-presale items, use promo code PHLY for 10% off. It's promo code PHLY, 10% off of FOCO. Do it. Shop there. I demand it. <laughs> Support our sponsors for real. Yeah, uh, uh, we're, we got to wrap up, uh, but I just want you because you bring up the Provorov thing. How I know we think the locker room was some sort of issue last year, but 
and they I have. Don't think, I don't think it was a major issue. They, okay, there was one guy. They have. Didn't like. They have <laughs> added like just having healthy TK, healthy Coots, healthy Cam Walker coming in, solidifying the defense. All these things. They've added a ton of talent. They're a better team on paper than they were last year. But like. It seems like it might have been a little bit more of a toxic situation. Just like not necessarily everyone hating each other, but like the Hayes Tortorella relationship weighing on everyone because yeah. everyone loves Kevin Hayes and the coach fucking hates him. Yeah. I bet you it's hard for the coach to motivate the whole team when point. their best friend is being treated like an asshole. Like Tony D'Angelo, uh, they bought him out. Like we didn't hear really any issues with Tony, but there were he's issues. no longer here. I don't think I don't think it was an issue where well, like the, players hated him. The backup him, goalie didn't punch him in the face. Yeah, there were issues. <laughs> there were issues with him and Torts. There were issues with like well, I think where I think Ivan Provorov was the and then Pro, the yeah. main guy who had accountability issues. I think D'Angelo was there too. I think D'Angelo is a hard-headed guy, and probably the first few times that D'Angelo would say to Torts, "No, you're wrong. I made the right play there." Torch was like, this is great. He fights back. I love it. But maybe like the 15th time, he's like, you're delusional. You're playing like crap. <laughs> what if I created <laughs> We've talked about this before, but I don't even think it's just the locker room. The vibes top to bottom with the Flyers are better yeah. than they have been in a long time. With Keith Jones and Danny Briere, I I, and I don't think you can discount that. Fact. Hey, we just watched the Phillies. They, they, right, they exactly. live off vibes. Exactly. I, I do think there's something to the idea of these guys being happy to go to work. Which it is, makes a difference. Which yeah. is a wild thing to say about a team like our preconceived notions of John Tortorella. Like, it's different than we thought. He is an insane person, but <laughs> crazy in a way that I guess I just wasn't expecting. All right. Yeah. That is all the time oh. we have. Oh. The show, the watch party. Oh, the watch party. Yes. Make sure you come out to the watch party on Saturday at New Wave Cafe. The event starts at six o'clock. It is Flyers Islanders. It is going to be a damn good time. We're going to be doing our post game show there. I'm pretty sure. I'm fairly certain about it. The hope. Uh, the hope is we can do our post game show it, it, there. It's, it's in Queen Village. So it's in the yeah. city. Not super far from the downtown area. It, it's, it's, it's a manageable accessible. It's accessible. Yes. Exactly. I love that. Come out, have about. a few beers with me and Charlie. I'm hoping to see Kelly Hinkle there. 50-50. 50 50 Well, yeah. all things in life all are. All things are 50 50. Are, of course, 50 50. <laughs> Just bringing the show full circle. All right. And that <laughs> is this pro right here. That is all the time we have for you on today's show. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. For Kelly and Charlie, I'm Bill. Have a great week, Philly. 